Amen. You know, God has been doing some great things in the Dominican Republic, and uh, so glad that our team has uh, been able to experience uh, not only God's goodness in the serving, but see God's grace and God's beauty in His creation. You know, when I was in fifth grade, my teacher called my mom and told her that she thought that she may need to take me to have my eyes examined. You see, my teacher had noticed that when I started, when she started to write on the chalkboard, uh, yes, I said chalkboard, you know, that ours was green and you had these chalky sticks and you'd put it on the board and next thing you know, I mean, you would write. Some of you had blackboards. Ours was green. All right. Now they have dry erase boards and uh, you just use a marker and you can just kind of wipe it off and... Uh, Really, you don't worry about getting any chalk all over your clothes or anything like that if you're a teacher. But you see, when she started writing on the chalkboard, she noticed that I would start squinting to see what she was writing. So my mom called up the next week. We went to, or the next day, we went to Lynn's Crafters in Haywood Mall. Uh, or excuse me, not Haywood Mall. I'm, I'm in Westgate Mall. Uh, there in Spartanburg, and um, to have my eyes checked. And I went back to the uh, room, and the doctor said, you know, today when I go, uh, they put these things on, and, uh, and I'm looking at a board. Back then, they gave me this spoon, uh, and uh, you stick it on your eye like this, and uh, he'd say, read that line, and I'd say, mm-hmm, 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 and then do it with the other eye, mm-hmm. Uh, and like some of you, I tried to cheat, uh, and as it was, as I walked in the door and I saw it, I kind of tried to memorize the letters uh, before he even asked me. But sure enough, after my exam, my mom was told that I needed glasses, that my vision was off. And so after about an hour, I walked out of Lens Crafters at Westgate Mall uh, with new glasses. The next day at school, when the teacher got up and she started to write on the chalkboard, I put my glasses on, kind of like this, and it was amazing because everything that she was writing, I could see clearly again. I could see it as I was supposed to see it. Now, you see, when I take my glasses off, I couldn't see it, and I was kind of squinting, you know. Sometimes, you know, you kind of do like this, just to, you know. But I could see it. Just as I take my, when I put my glasses on now, I can see you all clearly. Now, there's some of you, I just want to take my glasses off, because uh, you look a lot better like this. But, um, but when I have my glasses on, this amazing thing happened. I could see... Everything I was supposed to. What was once a blur was now so clear to me. I didn't have to squint my eyes. All I had to do is put these things that have lenses on them on my face to see them. Those glasses helped bring everything back into focus. You see, my vision had become impaired because I didn't eat my carrots when I was younger. Uh, and so there was this time where my 
vision went bad. But it was through those glasses that it helped bring everything into focus. You see, my vision had become impaired and it was causing me to lose focus on what I needed to see. I'll never forget uh, when I was in high school, uh, my senior year, uh, in high school, I, I went from glasses. They had these things called contacts. Um, and that's another story. I wear contacts, uh, but you see, you're supposed to take them out every night. Uh, and um, so uh, when you don't, you get things called infections. Um, and then you have to go to the doctor again. That's another story. But so I was playing football. We were playing Burns High School. Uh, and I was playing middle linebacker. And i never forget Brian Lane, who's the coach, uh, the former coach at Burns uh, now. He was the quarterback. He's at Clover High School now. Uh, and I remember dropping back for a pass. And he threw the ball. And I could see it. But the thing was, two plays earlier in one of the plays... One of my contacts got knocked out on the field. Now, today, they call timeout, and they get over there, and you'll see them on TV, and they'll, they'll, the trainer will be sticking their finger in the person's eye to put a new contact in. Well, I didn't have that. So I was playing football with one contact in, and I could see, but my vision wasn't totally clear. And he threw a pass. I saw the receiver coming across, and I went to go for the ball, and I promise you, uh, it's on tape. He and I laughed at about it when uh, we were both at North Greenville. And he's like, I cannot believe that you did not intercept that ball. Uh, so I went to get it, and I thought that I was in the right place. But the ball went right through my hands into the receiver who caught it on his shoe. And then he ran 45 yards for a touchdown. All because I couldn't see, clearly. And you know, it's, it's funny to talk about that, but just like our physical vision becomes impaired and things become a blur, I believe that our spiritual vision can become blurry as well when we focus on the wrong things. Now, if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to be in the first two verses of Scripture. So I'll give you just a moment to turn there, Hebrews chapter 12. Um, if you're looking, if you're going to James, you've gone just a little bit too far, okay? So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, or your translation may say patience, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now here in this passage, these first couple verses in Hebrews chapter 12, I want to unpack a few things that will help us focus on what matters the most. And the first thing I want to unpack is this thought. To focus on where God wants us to be, and God wants us to go, we can look at and follow the example of those witnesses who have gone on before us. 
You see, he starts off here in verse 1 and he says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So who are those witnesses? Well, if we go back to chapter 11, we read about these witnesses who have gone on before us and have run their race and they've already won. People like Abraham. People like Noah. People like Jacob. I'll read a couple of these. By faith, Abraham, when he called to go, when called to go to a place where he would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in the foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. You see, these witnesses and all are here in chapter 11 that we read about. And verse 39 says this about these witnesses. And they were all, here's the thing, they were all different kinds of people. You have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Jacob, but also you have Rahab, who was a prostitute. You have Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, and the prophets that are in the heroes of the faith. Such great cloud of witnesses. They've gone on before us. They ran their race. And sometimes, as in Abraham's case, he didn't know where he was going. He just knew that God told him to go. And he went. And there are sometimes in our life and in our faith that God tells us to go. And he's not going to tell us exactly where we're going or how we're going to get there. He just tells us to go. And we have to make the decision Are we going to be obedient to God and follow Him? Not only follow Him, are we going to trust Him that when He tells us to go, are we going to go? Or are we just going to listen to the advice and not put any application to it? You see, the writer of Hebrews talks about a race here. In a race, you run. When that gun is fired, the runners take off and they have a destination. You don't see any runner who's trained many hours, many years, in some cases in the Olympics, when the gun is fired, that they just stand still. It's like, okay, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. God, you told me to go. You told me to go. And we stand still. How many times has God told you to go and do? But you stand still. You stood still. God never intended us to do that. But we can follow the example. Abraham went. This great cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 11 tells us about them. They ran the race marked out for them with focus. And they ran the race of faith with obedience, even though they didn't know where to go. Why? Because they had faith in the one who told them to go and who was leading them. So my question is this. The same God that told Abraham to go to a city... 
to leave everything, his family, to leave everything that he knew behind, to take them, to take his wife and his nephew, and to go, and that he would tell him later where to go. Abraham trusted him. The same God that told about these heroes of the faith, the same God that told Noah to go build an ark, the same Noah that, or the God that told Joshua to go and walk around the cities of Jericho and the city the walls came tumbling down is the same God that speaks to you and I today. And he tells us to go into all nations. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the good news. Baptize them. Teach them all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. God has already given us a blueprint of what we need to do as part of our race. My question is, some of us are running that race that God has called us to do, but some of us are not. So we have to ask ourselves, will we trust God as the, one, the witnesses before us trusted Him? They not only trusted them with their life, but also their family's life. And God proved faithful. From Genesis to Revelation, God proves faithful. So will we go? The same God that was leading them wants to lead us as well. Will we allow Him to lead? And will we have the faith to trust Him? In Psalms, we read these words. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That lamp shines just in front of us. It's not a deer light that we just, we hit the switch and we can see for miles into the woods. We trust Him each and every day. Will you trust Him? In 2020, will you trust Him? The second thing that we see here in verse 1 is this, that we must recognize our distractions that are hindering our race and clouding our vision. The writer of Hebrews says that we should get rid of, in other words, throw off those things that cause us to lose focus and keep us from running the race that God has called us to run. How many times have we, as individuals, have we as groups and all run after things that we were never meant to run after? How many relationships have we run after because that's what we wanted, but not what God had desired for us and ended up in heartache and regret? How many times have we quit a job just because we didn't like how it was going just to start something new when God still had plans for us there and people for us to love and for people for us to serve? He says to get rid of, to throw things, to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. Now, at the gym and all, there are times that we have to run. Uh, I like the 100 meters uh, and all, but sometimes we have to run 400 meters. Sometimes we have to run 800 meters. And then there's that Memorial Day uh, when we have to run two miles. And sometimes at the gym, they have these things called vests. 
and they're weighted, and they have about 20 pounds on them. And there's some guys and girls at the gym that will put these vests on, and they will run with those weights on. Now, in, in athletics, uh, there are many times that we do things in training that will help us to get faster and get stronger. I remember when I was in high school um, that we had this thing called a parachute, and we'd wrap it around our waist, and uh, the receivers and the linebackers and the running backs and the quarterbacks, they would run with these parachutes, and once they got started, that parachute would fly up and, all, and give you uh, a lot of tension. And the reason that we did that, the reason that, uh, that they do that even today, the reason that these guys at the gym run with these weighted vests on is so that whenever they run with, and they take them off, everything seems so much easier. So what's your vest? What are you running with that you need to take off? What are the distractions that are keeping you from running? Now, when I was uh, coming up, we didn't have weighted vests. Um, we had these things called uh, ankle weights. And uh, we would run with these ankle weights uh, around. Why? Because when we ran with these ankle weights, and all, it would make it harder for us to run because we were carrying more weight than we normally do. But then when we took those ankle weights off and we did the same thing and all, it seemed so much easier. We could run. Why? Because we didn't have things that were hindering us. You see, you didn't know it, but I've been walking around this morning with these ankle weights. And can I tell you, when you're going upstairs, it's a lot heavier. But you see, when I take those ankle weights off, man, my legs feel so much lighter. And I can run with endurance. I can run faster. I can run harder. I can run stronger. Why? Because I don't have those things on my ankles anymore. But I did it in training, but when the actual event comes, runners don't run with things that are going to hinder us. Some of the things that are holding us back from living our lives on mission for God are not bad things in and of themselves, but they become bad when they keep us from running our race effectively because they become our main focus when God never intended it to be our main focus. They're good things. Some of these distractions, I'm going to read a few of them in just a second that hinder us from living totally sold out for Jesus. Work. We all, we all got to pay bills, right? But sometimes work can become our idol. Work can become so much that it hinders us from living on mission for God. Why? Because mission becomes our identity. Relationships, we've talked about that. And I see that a lot in, over the years with, with young people. You know, they're trying to find their identity. They're trying to find that, that person. Excuse me. Hello? 
Why are you calling me? We're in service. Sorry. You see what I'm saying? Something as small as a phone can become a distraction. And has become a distraction in many of our lives. In my own life. And uh, there are times that it's become a distraction. Why? Because I can go on Instagram, I can go on Facebook, and I can be like, oh, I'm just going to swipe up a little bit. And then an hour later, I'm still swiping and reading everybody's stories and what's going on, what they're posting, and, and what's going uh, on in their life. And an hour later, I'm sitting there, and I've not moved. Relationships. Our marriage. Marriage is a good thing that God created, that God has instituted. But sometimes our marriage, you know, when we put it before God, you know, is not in the right place. And it can become a distraction. Parenting. Whew, I don't have enough time for that. Uh, temptations and struggles, addictions, life itself can become a distraction, can become one of those things that are hindering us from running the race that God has called us to run after. And the sin that so easily entangles us. Warren Wiersbe says that the sin that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is a sin of unbelief. That sin that keeps us from accepting the grace of God and the gift of Jesus and running the race that God had intended us to run. It is a race that sometimes people hinder us. Listen to what Paul says in, in Galatians. He says this, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And then over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will last, but we do it to get a crown that will... Or they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So we must recognize our distractions that are hindering our race and clouding our vision if we're going to focus on the main thing in 2020. Like I said, those distractions may not be bad in and of themselves. But when those distractions take the throne that Jesus is supposed to be occupying, then those distractions become hindrances. But the third thing is this. The good news is that God provided a solution for us that would correct our focus and our vision so that we can run our race confidently. We see this in verse 2 when he says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
The bad news is, yes, we all tend to run at times in our lives with things that hinder us, with ankle weights, with, with vests, with, in, with relationships, work, our family, life itself, addictions, temptations, and struggles. We all tend to run with things that we were never intended to run the race with. You see, the good news is that when we come to Jesus, we can come with all the weights But when we come to the cross, Jesus says, take off the weights, lay them down here at the cross, and leave them here. Sometimes we're good about taking those weights off. And then, sometimes we just want to put them back on. And when we do that, those distractions come up. You see, it's a daily decision to run the race that God has set for you. In the Goodwill Games, the Jamaica 4x100 team was set to run the race in Canada. And the third leg of the race had a friend who was competing in another event. And while he was waiting, after the race had started, while the guy on the third leg was waiting, he turned to look to see if he could see his friend competing in his event. And when he turned and he lost his focus, the second guy that was running the leg came and ran into him. And and then, you know, the end result, that the Jamaicans lost the race. They didn't place Why? Because one person on the team lost focus. Can I tell you that that's the same way in the church? That if one person, if a couple people lose focus on the main thing, then the effectiveness that God wants to use us for in this community can be lost when we're not on the same page. That's the whole point of next week in our vision 2020. That we all are on the same page. We're all focusing on the things that God has called us to do as individuals and as a church coming together, running with the same purpose, the same focus toward the same destination. And when we do that, And we will see God do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. The good news that God provided a solution for us that would correct our vision, that solution and all to to running that race with focus, the, the, the solution to not only starting the race, but finishing the race and all. It comes in a person. It has, that solution has a name. His name is Jesus. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, our faith and our life become so much clearer. And the blur of our, of life itself becomes so much clearer. Why? Because we have focused on the main thing and the right thing. Who knows, not only when we start, but where we're going to finish. 
Our priorities become in line with God's will. Through God's word, the blur between right and wrong come into focus. Our spiritual vision is restored, much like my physical vision was restored when I put the glasses on after um, I had the eye exam and I could see clearly. The vision is restored. And not only do we see and understand the things of God but we all, more clearly, but we also see people more clearly, and we see them through the eyes, not of our own flesh, but the eyes of Jesus. And when we see people through the lens and through the eyes of Jesus, everything comes in to focus. We see their brokenness. We see their pain. We see their hurt, their hopelessness. And we allow Jesus to help us to step into life and walk that journey with them. Out of addiction into hope. Out of pain and into a better day. Out of hurt and into healing. Out of chaos and into peace. Matthew chapter 25 shares a little bit about this. When Jesus said these words, then then the king will say to those on the right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the king kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. May our churches always be a place of open doors. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see a stranger you as a stranger invite you in. When do we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king replied, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did unto me. You see, Jesus endured the cross in chapter, in chapter 2. He says, set our eyes on Jesus, the author perfect of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the the Father. You see, Jesus endured the cross with joy. Why? Because he trusted the Father. It wasn't easy, it wasn't painless, but he trusted the Father from the time that he was born to the time that he died. Because he knew that death was not the end, because there would be a resurrection. I think for some of us today, there needs to be a resurrection because we are dead in our trespasses and our sins. But Jesus is the solution to all of our life's problems. Jesus knew that there would be a time, that there would follow a time when he would return to his Father in glory. You see, in the Olympics, they have, in the Summer Olympics, they have one of these events called uh, rowing. Uh, and these people, they row in boats with their back to the finish line. They can't see the finish line where they're going, but they're rowing. But here's the great point. 
there is a team member in the front that has a bullhorn. And while they're rowing with their backs to the finish line, he has his eyes set on the finish line. And he is giving out instructions to row, row, pull, pull. Why? And as long as they are listening to his instructions, as long as they are following what he is doing, they are going to reach their finish line. As long as we fix our eyes on Jesus... We will reach the finish line. Because although we may not know when it is, He does. And not only does He know where the starting line is, He also knows where the finishing line is. And He's saying, go, go, run, run, serve, follow me, read my word, love people. In 2020, we need to focus on the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. And when we do that, we will see clearer than ever before. I have a challenge for you, and it's this as we close. Will you, as individuals, will us, as a church, will we strive for something so big? Will we run so hard and so long, trusting Jesus? Will we... Try for something so big in reaching this whole entire community for Jesus that unless God doesn't do it and step in and lead us, it will fail. Will we strive for something so big that unless God does it? Because in our own strength, it won't happen. We will fall. And in our own strength, we won't want to get up. Will you make that decision with me to run the race? Not that God has for someone else to run. Because so many times we do get in the wrong lane and we try to run somebody else's race because maybe it seems so much better or so much easier. But will you run your race as I run my race with our eyes on the finish line? Because that's where Jesus is. It's a decision that we have to make, and it's not just a one-time decision. Salvation is a one-time decision, but living for, on mission for Christ is a daily decision. Will you decide to run the race? Maybe today you've come and much like me, most of my life and this morning, you were running your race and you're running it right now, carrying things that God never intended you to carry anymore. And you just need to let go of those things. You need to throw them off and run the race with endurance. And there's distractions in your life that don't need to be there. And you just need to get rid of them today. Maybe that's the decision you need to make today. You need to recommit your life.
to God. Some of you may be in here, and you need to commit your life. You're trying to, we've tried so long to recommit something that was never committed in the first place. And you need to commit your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody here today, you've been visiting for a while, and today, on the first Sunday of 2020, you say, I want to be a part of running the race with the folks in the fellowship at Crossroads Baptist Church. And you want to come join the church? I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to help you do that. But we all have a decision to make. What is your decision? For my decision, I have decided to follow Jesus. Will you join me? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you have called us to run a race that is set out just for us as individuals. But there is also that race that we run together as a church. And Lord, I pray that in 2020, our vision is 2020. That it is as clear as it can be because we have decided to fix our eyes on Jesus and to follow him, even at times when we don't know exactly where we're going. But he has just told us to go, and so we're going. So God, give us the faith to trust you, to follow you into 2020 and see you do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. In your name we pray, amen. You've heard the word today. Now is the time to respond. You're not responding to a man. You're responding to God. But each and every one of us has that decision to make. In 2020, will we focus on the main thing? Or will we continue to run the race with the distractions wrapped around our waist or on our chest? Let's stand as we sing. You respond. I'm going to be down here. I'd love to pray with someone if uh, you want. The altar is open.